Welcome to the Shade Chamber, a Genshin discussion podcast hosted by a bunch of old f***s who know a bit about video games. I'm the girl you lost the 50-50 to, Beefy. I'm the bounty target that's immune to your best element, Break. I'm the child main whose words cause pain, Junior. I'm the B-tier five-star, Rat. And I'm all those pixelated images of Ito's on Reddit, Wonder. <laughs> Oh, no! <laughs> we in it now, boys! <laughs> wow, you're really taking that title from okay. part, aren't you? You you foisted it on me. Oh my god. This is what you get. This was, <laughs> I, I wouldn't change that intro for the world. That was amazing. Thank you. I've been sitting on it for like a week. So, we last recorded this train wreck, like, right after, uh, was it, 2.1 came out, and we had all played the Archon Quest, and... It was uh, mostly discussing, like, the Raiden Shogun's whole, like, character. So we, we left that one off with the promise of, like, oh, we'll talk again at the end of the patch when Kokomi's out, and we'll have a little more shit to do. But that really just, that, that rhythm just wasn't really tenable. So we're still figuring it out. This is a very touch-and-go uh, podcast. Yeah, but exactly. suffice to say, we want to kind of make milestones of where Genshin is at in this point in time and just talk about things that we feel are worth discussing at this point. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, insofar as a last scheduled, supposed scheduled meeting, like, I don't think that Kokomi's quest necessarily, like, shed a lot of new light onto things that we sort of... Um, <laughs> That's for damn sure. I yeah. think I said, like, oh, we can't judge a character yet. Let's wait for her story quest. Mm. <laughs> yeah, which is telling. Yeah, I think that, frankly, yeah, yeah, but I think that since then they have released content that I think does actually like alter your perception of the characters. Um, yes. <laughs> no, most noteworthy with like uh, Goro. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our purpose isn't really to like cover shit as it's coming out. It's like, that's news. And there are other people who make a career out of like reporting Genshin news. And honestly, when it comes to like characters and stuff, it's not necessarily the most helpful to be talking about it at, at a breaking time. So uh, we're, we're more interested in like, what is Genshin offering as a service right now? Um, what is it like currently as a phenomenon compared to like the last time we checked in with it and other just like insights as to, you know, the, the game, the lore, the, the commercialization of it, the community, just like observations that pile up until it's worth having a podcast to talk about. So, uh, if we skip talking about your favorite thing, uh, choke or leave a comment saying that you'd like us to talk about it and we might. We just might. We want to have a, a chill dialogue here. Yeah, yeah, we had the Child Dungeon event. Oh, that was great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shiki Taisho's... Uh, yeah, uh, the Labyrinth, uh, the Labyrinth yeah. Warriors event. Yeah, that Shiki was Taisho's super fun. Murder House. Shiki Taisho's uh, Shank Shack. Yeah. Shiki yeah. Taisho's, like, roguelike generator or whatever. Yeah. His Fungin. Fungin. That was a great event. I loved everything yeah, about that. Yeah, I'll just talk about that event, because that event ruled. It, it really yeah. felt like it was payoff for, you know, um, 
Well, actually, uh, we have a bullet point on here talking a little bit about the Genshin Endgame. Uh, I hate Spiral Abyss. Uh, it's terrible. Yeah. This dungeon yeah. was fun. It was kind of everything I wanted Spiral Abyss to be when you go in. Because, you know, I was thinking to myself the first time I played Spiral Abyss that the cards that you get between stages kind of act as the sort of Hades boons that the current, well, I say current event, the uh, Shiki Taisho event really leaned into uh, sort of made full use of and I was like oh so it, they, they took that system from Spiral Abyss where you can just sort of have arbitrary numbers and uh, cool effects and constellations yeah it's just like that it's that kind of like fast and loose like weird curveball experimental like side of labyrinth is why I feel like I adored it so much I feel like, like, especially because the time limit or whatever limit you get in Spiral Abyss, you really feel locked into just maximizing your output. Like, literally, DPS, damage, and seconds. Just who can do the most in the shortest. And that's just, it's boring. It's a straight line. It's not fun. And you have more wiggle room in Labyrinth where, like, you get weird boons. And, like, characters can get weird side effects and it encourages you to play with different characters and it's like it's refreshing yeah it was uh definitely probably in my opinion their best event or at least their best sort of combat centric event uh, i love the story of it charming is shit i love shinyan i love a child uh, right and yeah actually i like learning about life. inazuma's history yeah, and it moved the plot forward, which is... Oh, it did! You're right, because that's where we learned about Scaramouche. Yeah. Uh, another yeah. wild decision to put plot-relevant shit into limited-time events. And, and that's the thing. Scaramouche is, like... His plot almost exclusively is pushed forward in limited-time events. Like, we got that little bit of him showing up in the main story for Inazuma, but... Oh, yeah, he was in, um... What was it, like, Starfall or whatever that was called? The first yeah. event. He showed up just briefly to, like, try and kill you, etc. But, like, yeah, no, it's just, that, I guess that was, like, a major introduction to him. Well, he, he showed up, threatened your life, claimed that the sky is basically bullshit, refused to explain, and then left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, the, the biggest repositories of knowledge on him are just from artifact sets. Like, the new one and then the, the whatever the Fatui one is from Dragon's Spine. Yeah. yeah. What power trip it is to get the Constellation Boost card. That was yeah, you know, yeah. Genshin has done a lot as far as really taking and ringing all of the elements of the sort of free-to-play genre out of other mobile games. Genshin's one of the few games where actually rolling or re-rolling a character is favorable because those Constellation levels are always... A lot of fun, except for the ones that just up your skill. But even then, they're upping your skills, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like that's an easy way to inject some new oomph into a character that you're very, very invested in. And I mean, it's instead a, of it's like, a devilish marketing trick because like it's horrible. It's like, oh <laughs> it's no, like, I do mm -hmm. want to roll for the same characters again, which means when there's another character that I don't have the primo gems for, I might just roll again. You know, it's yeah. It's something that no one else has been able to do in the mobile gotcha space, to my knowledge, uh, from the few games I've played. Um, yeah, so what's well, how would you compare it to like how they do duplicate characters in like Fate Grand Order? Well, so that's the thing, right? In Fate Grand Order, all you're getting is Noble Phantasm damage increases. Oh, that yeah, would actually be yeah, the equivalent yeah. of essentially getting an improved elemental burst. The problem is that it doesn't actually always scale. 
What happens if <laughs> over the course of the battle, yeah. uh, you slowly charge your noble phantasm? And then what the uh, overcharge for it does actually varies from character to character. And the overcharge is what you actually need to charge a meter for. It's actually more work to get the secondary effect. And honestly, the damage increases also fall off. There's diminishing returns on it. Like, there's less of a difference between, you know, three Gilgameshes fused into one Gilgamesh and, like, two Ayakas as far as what you can be doing, you know? Right. It's, it's and, kind of comparing apples and oranges or, like, apples to smaller, less tasty apples. Rad, how does uh, Grand Blue handle that? Uh, so, Grand Blue is sort of peculiar because what happens is, like, when you roll for stuff, you're actually rolling for is, like, weapons and summons, but it's just that some weapons have characters attached to them. The thing is that weapons need to absorb other copies of the same weapon to uncap up to a certain point. I guess, like, any power-up that comes from rolling duplicates is sort of, like, dependent on whether or not the character's weapon was useful to equip in the first place, and also, like, what kind of weapons grade you're making for what element and so on and so forth this is to say like because of the power system involves equipping weapons <laughs> it's very long you will see there if you look on anywhere on like on gbf like you will see a lot of memes about what the fuck is a grid and uh i won't explain that here because that's <laughs> also going to take way too long this is a genshin podcast not a gbf one. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah yeah long story S- suffice story. to say yeah, and it's still, like, it doesn't fundamentally change how you play that character or really impart any extra enjoyment the way, like, a Constellation would. Like, oh, you know, like, some characters are famous for having a lot of their oomph supposedly locked behind the Constellations, like, you know, C1, Hu Tao. Not only a significant power boost to have, but it also changes how you play them. So suffice to say, Genshin does a very good job incentivizing people to roll for dupes, and it's evil and they make money. So good for them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, speaking of good events, well, I was going to talk about Moonchase and how that's <laughs> essentially their do-over for the Lantern Rite. Yeah. Yeah. Can you explain what the first Lantern Rite was like? Because I was not there. Okay, so the first Lantern Rite was really their first try path at doing an event specific to a region, as well as really rewarding you for, like, interacting with uh, sort of characters within that region. So as advertised, what we thought it was going to be was, like, essentially what Moonchase ended up being, where you're really sort of following a plotline of uh, an assorted number of Liyue-associated characters. But what it actually ended up being was more um, essentially exclusively Xiao story quest stuff. Um, it, it was basically trying to put the the holiday spirit into Xiao. He was being a bit of a humbug throughout most of it. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of and it was trying to get him involved. Yeah, and then a lot of the actual, like, day-to-day quests mostly involved um you, you know the secondary background characters who once again are all named they don't have characters but they're not who we wanted to be interacting with especially yeah, like you want to hang out with like Xingqiu and and beto and not like the perfume lady yeah and like the promotional materials for it too also feature those characters heavily. Yeah, they, so, they were all like shown hanging out on oh the street God. and like Shinyan was doing a performance. This was before Shinyan had any story whatsoever. Oh my like, god. Shinyan's first story was in Moonchase, which was 
a half a year after Lantern Rite, which was her first promised story, or implicitly promised. They put her in the trailer. She didn't show up anywhere else, you know? The big thing with Windbloom when that happened is that I know I personally, I think a lot of other people were really excited because the actual event quests for Windbloom had characters interacting and acknowledging each other's existence, which uh, I think that was... It's either shortly before or shortly after Hangouts first started, mm-hmm. but I don't think that we had any Hangouts at that point that brought any characters into each other's stories. I believe it was the same event because uh, you could meet Bennett both either at the start of the Hangout or at the start of Windbloom, and that's when they started doing those character cards for characters you hadn't interacted with yet. Right, right. Mm, okay. Yeah, I got mine for uh, for the last... Uh, for the Albedo event that just occurred. That's the first time I saw my Benny. Oh, that's interesting, because that means yeah. that Bennett, like... I, I was thinking about that, because um, I hadn't, I still haven't done Bennett's Hangout. I only interacted with Bennett during Windbloom. So that means that there's, like, three potential places that card can show up now. Um, and I'd be interested to know what happened during the Dragonspine event that introduced him. But That, that was literally it. He got a title card, and everyone's like, Look, Bennett! Yeah. <laughs> That that must be, they must have changed where they implement that then. Because I remember I got a one for Chong Yun, even though I'd already completed a Hangout by the time Moonshay started. Yeah, I I don't think Hangouts count. Really? Uh, Huh. It's funny that Scaramouche didn't get one of those, which means he doesn't have an icon implemented in the game. (laughs) We don't know how many Harbingers are actually going to be playable. Well, we know one isn't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah bring her back um i kind of you know i kind of wonder if like the first like lantern right was a covid casualty and it was like hard to book all their voice actors and shit like that i'm not sure if it was but like from my my own conjecture what i would say is that it felt like if the game hadn't been successful i wonder if they would have had more events like that where it's just a lot more low-key like, yeah. For a period of time, I was like, okay, it seems like this is their end of initial content, and then everything after this is them actually chugging along a little bit. Was it voiced? Did it have, like, voice acting? For the Zhao quest, yes, but not okay. Right okay. There was... Th- that's the thing. The quests where you interact with, like, the perfume lady weren't, like, interacting where you talk to her. It was It was messages that you got through the quests or through the event interface that were supposed to be like their lantern right requests and you were Mm. supposed to be like helping them fulfill them they seem to really not like having playable characters in scenes where they aren't voiced which means they can only use them in events or scenarios where they have booked all their voice actors for all their languages and i don't know i would like I would prefer some unvoiced moments with the characters I like to never seeing them. It seems like they're at least getting a little bit less bashful about that, given Zhang Ling showing up in that one daily quest. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah, that was good. Do more of that. Moonshade's <laughs> fucking ruled. Uh, I, so much, like, fan service. Like, what fans want to see is, like, these characters interacting, and we got that in spades. It's great. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. When, when you just said fan service, my initial reaction was to jump in and be like, but not that kind of thing. Which was surprising? Yeah. Well, oh. the, uh, what do you mean? So, I mean, like, they're not going to have Beto and Ningguang make out. 
Um, well, no, no, no. I, I meant more like there wasn't in a game that has so many waifus as central characters. Oh, in a region that like caters to that. Yeah, it, it was shocking that the the fan service that we were given was just being able to interact with these characters and get to learn more about them and see how they function in their home and learn a bit more about Kutching, who up to now has kind of been nebulous in terms of what her characterization was. And now she's still nebulous. I don't know what she does. But yeah, it was like... She's more nebulous, but there's a little bit more heart behind it. She also likes shrimp balls. Did you know that? Oh, she works too hard. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. But yeah, like that is a good point. It's like they're not the fan service doesn't come from them interacting with or even with you as much as seeing them interact with their world. That's what I really like about Genshin is for a gotcha game that they could easily made like every character only revolve around the player, they do make them feel like, oh, these are people with their own like aspirations and, and they have little lives going on. Yeah, yeah. And like I think that Previously, the um, as vignettes, the hangout events, kind of were working towards that a little bit. And I think the most recent ones have definitely been the most successful in really demonstrating uh, not just that the characters have their own lives, but also that, that those own lives encompass a wide range of tones. And, and I um, feel like a lot of these events also, specifically Moonchase, did a really good job of integrating character things that like we just kind of took for granted like woba yeah uh, that was that really was fun surprise. interesting too because it does have a good job framing that like um i mean one of the things that liue has always had going for is that there was a lot more like diversity in terms of the like actual deities that existed there but to like um kind of like also be explicit, like oh no some of them were explicitly just concerned with the people to the extent where they flat out like just gave up their power, like and you know, nice. um, props to once again Genshin. I think I said this last time, but uh, really giving a lot of cool stuff for sort of the earth geo element. You know, normally people are like, you know, it's just rocks, but in this case, it's like no, it's the clay that makes up the stove that you know feeds the people, the dirt and the kitchen and all this stuff. And it's like, that's a really cool yeah. thing to like yeah, yeah, turn like, Gwoba into. Cause Gwoba was one of the most, Gwoba was not anything I was asking questions about in this game. And I yeah, feel like I got a like, lot of, oh, really he's cool a turret. He's just there to do a move. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> yeah. and he started walking around. I mean, as soon as we saw him like, you know, hanging out in the backgrounds of scenes, we're like, Oh, he's going to be the stove God. But like, that wasn't anything I suspected beforehand, and the lore they gave behind it was really cool. Like it, it doesn't yeah. contribute to the overall plot, but I feel like it added, you know, a lot of flavor to the world. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. it really did a lot for Liyue. Like one of the things, like I love Inazuma for, is how rich it is with like its world building and its history. And like Liyue had a lot of stuff about it, but it never really felt like it was cinched into like the actual like story of it as a culture and moon chase did a lot for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of that involves really just expanding the history of like migrating from the Guli assembly or the Guli plains uh, mm -hmm. to Liyue Harbor. Um, and kind of like, again, going back and elaborating on that history that uh, really does make the area a lot more rich. Yeah. Also, like, I really do appreciate the commitment towards not making the individual nations 
like the uh, everyone in the Earth Nation only likes rocks, and they all only have rocks. And rocks was the way to go forever till the end of time. It's like even outside of the event, you have Othile as being like, oh, that could have very well ended up as being the Archon of the region. And then it would, within the event, you have Boba as being like, oh, this pyro-aligned entity um, provides a lot to the people of this region as well. Like, Oh, and you know who this event did a lot for was Cloud Retainer. Like, Cloud <laughs> oh, yeah. Retainer went from being kind of a bitchy, like, nobody to being, like, a really fun supporting character in Leeway. And embarrassing mom to Ganyu. It's just like, this event is beneath me, but if it wasn't, my food would kick your ass, and I have made a machine to prove it. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, it's just this, yeah. like, stupid crane in her cooking machine, and she's like, I made this. I, I made this machine. Okay, help me, human. And it's like, wait, but you said you made a, an automatic cook. You said, yeah, I need someone to push the buttons. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, she's, she's great. Uh, I look forward to seeing more of her when Shenhe comes out. And seeing the family dynamic between Shenhe, Ganyu, and the Cloud Retainer, because all we've gotten up to this point so far is Ganyu being like, just desperately pleading with people to be like, please, please tell me she didn't talk about me. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> Please tell me um, my mom didn't tell you any weird like ch- like baby like childhood stories about me because I I can't say they're not true but I don't want you to hear them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just waiting for the uh, Xing Show character hangout where one of the endings involves avoiding her after the bully goes just a little bit too far. But that's oh oh but also we got like very ex- like almost explicitly gay moments in hey. Moon Chase. Oh, we got Boy, that event was. We got. I don't even know what they call Xingyun. Uh, what the, whatever the fuck the boys are. I don't remember what they're. We got them. We got Bei yeah, Guang. Anyway, oh, yeah. people are gonna go nuts with we, that. We got we got D Luke and Cloud Retainer. Per the screenshot I took after finding the article, the zookeeper who fathered five chicks with a murderous endangered crane. <laughs> oh, that uh, one. Yes. It takes a bird to know one. <laughs> <laughs> that's my God. new. That's my crack ship. They, they, <laughs> he, he needed to cook for her. I love that. My crack ship is Ito Yanfei. Just those hey. horny, horny bastards locking antlers. <laughs> it's like headbutting in the streets, like, Ma, the, pull the, a the fucking cop for the ASPCA! There's animals fighting in the front <laughs> lawn! It's, it's, yeah, it's one of those moose fighting <laughs> ships. Yeah. <laughs>